and welcome to the One Broke Actress Podcast. The One Broke Actress Podcast. The The One One Broke Broke Actress Actress Podcast. Podcast. This is the podcast giving you an honest account of actor life. I mean, can we just be honest for a second? Plus a few lessons I learned in the process. This is what I'm saying. Nobody knows anything. I'm your host, Sam Valentine. Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's official episode. I hope you enjoyed the solo episode I put out on Thursday. I actually kind of had fun recording it. I dreaded it a little bit, but it was really great, and I've gotten some good feedback, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let's get into the fun for this week. Of course, I hope you're subscribed and rated and reviewed and all that good stuff. I also hope that you found some goodness in any of these past week's podcasts and you've shared them with a friend or shared them on your Instagram and tagged me at One Broke Actress or at Sam Valentine. Um, and follow along there too, of course, all the usual stuff. And also, when you guys listen to these shows, if there's ever something a guest mentions, um, a specific book or a specific class or something like that, all of those links are all in a post at onebrokeactress.com. So you can always go there and check for any of those things. So let's get into today's episode, shall we? Today's guest is Kellen Coleman. Kellen is a doll. She is such a sweetheart and she really gets real with us on a lot of topics today. We kind of start out with a little bit of her journey as a singer-songwriter as well, which is kind of fun to hear because something we don't hear about in the podcast very much. Um, We go into specifics about what you should be looking for when you're searching for your agent, her journey to LA, obviously, what it was like having a father in the industry, but not necessarily a part of the industry, uh, and the importance of getting permission to improvise when you were a guest on someone else's show. And Kellen also opens up a little bit about mental health in this industry, which we all know it's a quote unquote hot topic right now. But to have someone specifically speak on it, even in a casual sense, is just so helpful for normalizing how we all feel a little funky in this business. And this is not really built to make you feel like a fully functioning human being. So I have to thank her for that because it was really brave of her and she decided to share it with us today. So guys, without further ado, please enjoy Kellen Coleman. I just kind of, I'm starting these season's episodes talking about when you first remember being interested in acting. Mm. Do you remember when that was? Were you a kid? And where were you? I don't because it was from day one. Yeah. Well, but I was a singer first. So it was like acting. I was, wait, is this, are you on? Are yep, you on? Yep, oh, you on. started. Hi. I'm smooth. How are you? She's so smooth. <laughs> I'll do a little intro before this. So. Um. So yeah, I don't really remember the first time I wanted to be an actor because it was so early, but it wasn't just acting. It was most, it was like singing or acting. It was mostly singing at Mm -hmm. first because my dad's a musician and I grew up around that. And my mom was an actress when she was a little girl, not like a, you know, child actress actress that seems like they're 45 and they're actually like eight. (laughs) Um, she did summer sock like theater. My, grandma or as I call her Bubby it's my Jewish side of the family she uh, had a theater company in Philadelphia and Sherman Hemsley uh, from from the Jeffersons and Good Times Mr. Jefferson he was in it as well and my mother and I wonder if my aunt was in it I'm not quite sure but they would travel around doing theater so she started doing that since she was like seven um 
And then at some point when she was older, she was going to go to theater school. She was going to go to Emerson. And then, of course, uh, she ran away to be a political rights activist, Tippy, with her boyfriend at the time. Went to like Berkeley, California. Yeah. Okay. And then um, something bad happened between, I think, they broke up. And so she went back to Philly to go to nursing school, stopped acting. But then when she met my dad, and they, I guess she did a little bit more of it in Nashville, like, a, you know, a TV movie. And some commercials and stuff. But um, so I'd always been around, you know, my mom had done it in school. And my dad, you know, he's won a, a bunch of Grammys for bluegrass music. Um, so cool. Which unfortunately, is, it's very cool, but it does not help me at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> Nowhere in my life were they like, wow, let's give you a job because your dad is a bluegrass guy. I'm like, no. Um, so he, I would always wanted to do it. And I had always sang in school. So singing was really the main thing. And then as I've gotten older, you know, acting was also part of it. Mm -hmm. But then it kind of became, okay, like whatever happens first, because I want to do both. Mm -hmm. So I was a singer first and then um, became, I guess, just did it all in school and then um, took a break from singing because acting was happening and then kind of haven't gotten back into the singing as much. I mean... I was up for Frozen 2, and I got really super Shut close. Up. According to my agents, though, so what's is that right, true? Right, right, right. No, but I was, I, they say I was on the short list for like two months, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and, you know, went into the studio. I've done, I've gone that to that, like, level where you go into the studio in Disney, and you work with a director, and then uh, they come misplaced, you know, and you do sing, they, and the producer's in the booth. Did they, like, listen to your demo? for Like, how did they, no, how no, does I, that work? So they knew me, because I'd been in, so I guess the first time I went in was for Tangled, maybe? And it was because oh, cool. they went through Gersh, not through voiceover people. Got it. So they went through my actual agent because they wanted, I guess, actors uh, who had been on some things. I didn't know that I qualified, but I guess somewhere I did. And um, I wanted for the original, I wanted for Tangled, I wanted for the original Frozen, which was called Snow Queen. Then they put it on hold for a while. Then it was brought back as Frozen. And I made it to the uh, callback stage, which was the you know select group in, at the studio. And then I was being considered for that, but not as close as I got for Frozen 2. Um, I think the girl, bef- af- or the guy before me was like this guy from the, f- not the Fault in Our Stars, but um, the one with some guy that I've seen in a movie with <laughs> one of those teeny things with Cara Delevingne, that one, that guy. Oh, yeah. Wait, isn't that the Fault in Our Stars? No, I think that Fault in Our Stars, I think, is the one with Shailene Woodley. Oh. That's right. It's one of those movies. Okay, okay. And then um, the girl after me was the girl from 13 Reasons Why. And I was like, am I a little old? For-? But it was voiceover <laughs> stuff. And they wanted raspy. They wanted someone who could sing but also act. And it was really tough because the, the sides were not from the movie. And they had been picked mm. by someone's boyfriend who was a very well-known actor. And he picked a very uh, obscure mammoth movie. Uh-huh. And it was very weird dialogue, which to uh, do in like a Disney esque. They way? didn't want that. Okay, but but the um, and they didn't want me to sing in a Disney way because I've done that before. Where I've my phone just went off. How dare I? <laughs> it's always in silent. That's strange. Um, you know where I've gone in and said, "Look at this stuff, isn't it neat?" Right. You know, but this wasn't. They wanted someone like more, you know, gravelly, not gravelly, raspy, down home folk. Mm-hmm. You know. Sort of in that vein. 
Like with a bluegrass dad? Maybe. Um, <laughs> no, but they they were seeing all sorts of, but I was apparently on the short list and then I heard it went, you know, I'm just waiting around and so I'm bothering my agent after a month and he's like, okay, now, you know, they're going to New York for their callbacks. And then I was like, you're still on the short list, but the short list is a little bigger. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, they're having a conference around the Disney table and they're going to listen to everybody and pick. And they, I, I don't know who got it, but someone else got it. Um, because their voice fit better what they were thinking of for the character. Well, I'm, I'm just glad to be, to be included in that because that's one of my dreams would be to be, I love doing voiceover and I would really love to do something where I get to sing as well mm-hmm. as act. I can even dance. I can bust a move. But in this, it would just be a cartoon. But that booth. would be, yeah, especially a Disney thing would be great. But so the acting cool. thing, uh, to answer your question in a long way. No, that was awesome. Um, I just had always been doing it I guess in school but I didn't have my first real acting class I want to say until college where I actually felt like I was going learning how to be an actor did you go to school for acting so I I auditioned and I didn't really know what I was doing if I could now that I'm older if I have kids I'm gonna know what to do because I was not very involved Mm -hmm. in my application process I didn't really know what I was doing um we applied to a bunch of places I auditioned for a bunch of places but because I sang and because I acted um so you went for musical theater exactly which is not what I should have done Mm -hmm. because I was a strong singer um and a strong actor but not musical theater type Right. My voice was not musical theater. Yes, I can change it to sound that way, but it's not true. It's not real. And I think they could see that. I wasn't being my authentic, I guess, self. And so not that I didn't get in. I mean, but the ones that I had really good response to was like BU, which was one of, at the time, one of the best acting conservatories in the country. Mm-hmm. And I got in there. And um, I, I can't remember if I had to sing, but it was a musical theater program. But that you could, I think, was, I don't know. I don't remember if I actually sang for them but I got in there which is only like 15 people in the country I think at the time I didn't choose to go there now (laughs) it sounds like a dream to go somewhere where you're just like acting all day every day at the time I was still you know a cheerleader and SJ secretary and in this show choir and I did all this stuff that was a little bit of everything and I wasn't cool defining myself as just one thing yet because I was still finding myself and so well, it I sounds like you're still not defining yourself as one thing. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, but but better actually. But I'm doing it in a way that's more. I'm not trying to be musical theater. I'm someone, an actor who can sing, I guess. And I'm I'm really da- like, I now don't. It's sad because I've really left my singing behind and I've and my music and that's it. Honestly, gives me a different feeling than. I love acting so much. I love more than anything, but. Um, I also I get a completely different feeling when I'm on stage singing, mm-hmm. and it's one that I would take like every day I could, yeah. maybe overacting. But you know, there's some things that are don't lend themselves to the type of life. Like it sounds horrible. Acting it is a lot easier for me, even though it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. hard for sure, but. I think I've always had a fear about writing my own music because like with the dad thing, I don't know, maybe in my subconscious, I'm like, oh, if I, I'll fail or it won't be a good song or um, I don't know what that is, but I've definitely, it's not hard for me to sing, but it's harder for me to have that as my main it's I'm not very good at self-starting okay with acting maybe that's it with acting someone goes these are your sides you have to learn them by this time tomorrow you have to be there da 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 great I'll do it um but with 
singing, it's you have to do it. Yeah, and I've that always, sucks. I'm not that person, but I <laughs> I I, I want to work on it. I've said that I do not envy my friends in the music business. Like the yeah. the singer who does our intro and outro, her name is Maggie Zabo, and she is the one of the best singers I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm. And I don't envy her day to day. Yeah, and like I mean, like it is her hustle is. Yeah, you have to like kind of get out to every coffee shop and like I mean, how do yeah. you even get? It's I don't even know how you get, but that's like wrapped or get, I don't know. It's, it's, it's super hard. And my dad, I don't my dad could only help me if I was doing bluegrass probably. Right. And that's not really me. So, <laughs> um, but, but then yeah. there's another part of it that's like, you can just sing, you yeah. can go up and just do that sure. anywhere. Whereas what we're doing, although you can make your own stuff, it's almost like you kind of have to be given a space to do it. Yeah, you do. And that's, you know, that's one of the, that's something that's changing and it's something I've realized that I'm sure we'll get into after this pilot mm-hmm. season. Like, not just this one, but I've been thinking about doing my own stuff for a while because I definitely have a writer's brain. I used to write, stopped somewhere along the line. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of improv people have writer's brains because they're coming up with things on the spot. Um, I started learned improv from a really early age. And I don't know it. It's weird because I took... UCB, I had to actually stop or miss a bunch of classes because I got a job, I think, on the time. Oh, not but, a bad thing. <laughs> um, not a bad thing, but um, I didn't really love it uh, because I learned to do improv in, I guess, a different way. It wasn't so much, yeah, we learned games to learn how to improv, but I guess I had actually used my improv- improvisation skills in it through work, through actual scenes and characters, more kind of maybe what Groundlings does. Yeah, um, more not necessarily based. sketch, but like more through characters and like, you know, if I'm on the office and even though a lot of people think that's improv and it's really, from my experience, wasn't. Um, <laughs> and really that much improv. I did improvise on it and like uh, some of my lines actually are ones that people quote to me and I'm like, oh, I came up with that because like that's how I've been. So I know who I am. I know my given circumstances. And then, you know, through the scene, like I wouldn't do it unless maybe rain or, or, um, you know, whoever I was in the scene with would start improvising. Then I know it was, I would be okay for me. It was like giving me permission to do it because yeah, it wasn't play. my show. You have to know where you're at. You know, you have to mm-hmm. know your kind of your rank. And so I was a guest on that and that's, you know, someone else's home basically. So you don't go to the kitchen and serve yourself to their dinner <laughs> unless you're given permission and I was given permission. So then I did it a little bit, but, um, so I think that that part of my brain really, and also seeing how much you have to create your own space now, like I'm sick of sitting around and waiting for someone to give me the jobs that I've always wanted. I've been very fortunate in my career and I'm happy to have done the work I've done, but I'm not where I thought I'd be even for me. And I've learned that once you're at a certain level, you always want to be at the next one. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't stop. I'm like, maybe it does for Meryl Streep, but I'm not sure. Um, Someone just told me a story about they worked with Will Smith and he was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know if hopefully this does something good for me. And they were like, are you freaking kidding me? You're you're Will Smith. Um, But I actually really like him for that. But yes, so I need to... I think make my own stuff and start giving myself the permission to do these things because I see stuff on TV that I mean that I'm like well, I could do this in two seconds Yep. and I have a friend now that we're she's a great writer and she writes on a show and and I um, was writing a movie for a stand-up comedian right now so um we're we have an idea we're gonna 
start doing and then I have a few on my own and it's just for me it's like how do you do it like I should know this like I know so many producers and actors and this all of that so why you know so back to the school thing I just kind of I ended up going to University of North Carolina Chapel Hill which was great they have a great theater program undergrad and then uh, they have great graduate program as well but maybe it was you know, if, if you believe things happen for a reason, I did need to learn. I was a late bloomer and I had a lot to learn about life and myself and going to an all around everything education, you know, raised me into more of an adult, I guess. And also was close, Boston would have been close to, but I was familiar with North Carolina. My dad's from there. I had family there. I had a sick grandparent at the time, so I wanted to be close to her. Mm-hmm. And it was my dream school as a kid. So don't give me a challenge because I like I, I used to be like, oh, I'll go there, you uh-huh. know, and I did, and I'm happy. I had a great education. It's where I got my first manager because freak, you know, thing of a girl, a woman who used to have an agency, moving to North Carolina for her son to go to school, and then she decides to get back in the business. She sends an email to the professors. She wants to audition people for pilot season. So she can see if she wants to rep anyone. I auditioned for her. Actually, I was working on my voice as a singer at the time. It's somewhere in Boston. And I'd come back and I auditioned for her. And then she was like, you're fabulous. I want to manage you. And then... Great. Um, yeah. And then I didn't believe her. And then a week later, I was for spring break out here meeting with the head of casting at the time for CBS and NBC. Holy shit. And they were like, you're great. We saw your tape. We love you. You're gr- You're a little green, which is like, you know, a term they use for like, mm-hmm. you just need more experience being in a room auditioning. And these were your first meetings. Yeah. And then I went back to school and I, they were like, are you coming here? And I was like, yeah, after college. I didn't know where I was going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you say what you have to do. Fake it till you make it. You, like if they wanted me here, I was going to be here because right. that's my in. Like I didn't have any, you know, ins in New York. Um, really. I had a few... You know, I used to work in a, I went there for a semester and worked in a producer's office and we studied with our professor who went to Juilliard at Juilliard, but we were doing basically like dramaturgical work and, and not in like English work, but not actual acting, mm-hmm. which, but that helps me a lot. I've always helped by watching. I mean, uh, learned by watching and, um, we went and saw like every, like so many shows, and then I went back the next summer and like had a went to a theater program in the summer, um, at Circle in the Square, and I just kind of tried to fill in the gaps when I wasn't getting things, um, and then did you feel like you had a, a a feeling of or at least an idea of what on camera acting was from when you were in college? Um, we I took a class that was acting for. TV and film. I don't remember the name of it. Was that it? Who knows? Uh, taught by J- Joan Darling. I'm th- very impressed you remember. Yeah. Well, she's she's been... I've taken her class when she comes out here. I think she still does it. I'm not sure. Oh, God. I hope she's still alive. If she's not, I love you, Joan. If she is, I love you, Joan. Um, no, she's she's uh, kicking it. She's... Um, her husband's a famous playwright and then her screenwriter, I can't remember, but she had won a Emmy for one of the best directed episodes or something of TV or um, cool. for Rhoda or something like that. Anyway, so she taught the class um, and that's, I mean, I don't think I ever learned the difference. Maybe I was just naturally... No, because I'm pretty big too. I don't know. <laughs> I think that maybe by watching, I learned uh-huh. the difference. Um, 
I think that you want to always bring someone down. You can't, it's hard to bring someone up. So if someone's really small, it's hard for them necessarily to transfer to theater. Like I haven't done a play in a long time and I really want to. I'm oh, really craving going back. Too. I've thought about putting one on before. And I, oh gosh, let's do it. And I want to go to, to New York for sure. And um, my, one of my dreams is, would be to go and do Off-Broadway and Broadway. Um, but, you know, it's been a while so I'd have to like, I, I would really work with a director to be like, can you hear me? Is it picking up? <laughs> I know it is though. Cause I, you know, I also, I'm a weird breed cause I do all of the types. Like I've done like this season, pilot season, I tested for a sitcom, a multi-camera and a drama. Amazing. And then I also do, you know, the single camera comedy. So I do, uh, it's a weird thing for someone to be able to, I don't know if it's weird, but it's not, it's not everyone can't do go from broad, broad comedy to a drama well, a or broad people, comedy to a single camera comedy. Even if they can do it, the casting directors won't call them in for all right. those things. And so that probably kind of happened amazing. to me uh, with, I would assume they, you know, my agents probably don't tell me because they don't want me to freak out because I'd be like, what do you mean they won't have me in? Tell me why. <laughs> I want to, I'll write them a letter. I'll say thank you. I'll say, they're sorry. I'll take the challenge. Yeah. But um, it's good though that I have done some work that I got to do both, like the newsroom where I could be dramatic, I could be funny and you know, people saw that, or my first guest start here was a drama, but then, you know, I started doing, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I think you do, I always say, Oh, if I do this magnet pigeonholed and they're mm-hmm. like, no, they have, you have to be like doing, they're like, you need to be doing a lot to be and yeah. also How now with commercials. <laughs> I mean, I don't do them any, I haven't done them in a long time, but I'm like, if I do this commercial or whatever years ago, I asked, well, you know, will they think I'm not a good actor because I'm doing a commercial? And now agents are like, it doesn't matter anymore because no one's really watching regular TV anyway. Right. Um, So when you first came, then you had this understanding a little bit from school and you had had some meetings. Did you, like, what did you do when you first got out here? Well, I I wasn't here a year, so I, I came for a spring break and then met those two people, then went back to school, finished, then... I'd been hit, this is weird, but I'd been hit by a car, graduation weekend of Holy college, cow. and broke my spine in two places. You were physically hit by a yeah, car. Yeah, as I was a pedestrian walking across the street. This but, is crazy, but that happened to one of my friends, no, too. No, there's a crosswalk there now at Chapel Hill, so if anyone's familiar, Ugh. it's a crosswalk, like, I guess timeout's in a different place, but where the old timeout used to be, near Granville. Um, anyway, but wow. but I was fine. They sent me home, actually, saying that I was really lucky after from the hospital, but then I had to go over to Duke. Uh, our arrival to actually get, you know, to get a second opinion. And they were like, no, 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 you've broke your spine in two places. Oh, wow. So, Big yeah. Difference. So I needed like, a f- I think I needed like a few extra credits because I decided to pick up a double major at the end of my, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like in my junior year or senior year. I don't Casual. know why. Just Casual. cash. Um, and so I went away and got the rest of my credits in England on an honors uh, English scholarship where I also made a documentary about the trip, which was so bad. Um, and it was on like a V like a mini VHS, um, about, cause I guess I picked up, uh, film media studies production. Okay. Cause I'm like, Oh, it can't hurt me to learn about behind the camera, which I think mm-hmm. is really smart. Not that you have to major in that, but really smart to try to learn the basics of what's going on behind the camera. So you know what people are talking about, yeah. um, when you're working on set. Or else you're learning on the go, which I've learned a lot from and I'm still learning a lot. But, I mean, there's some stuff I'm like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, remind me what a gaffer does? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> but it's it was good to know some things, you know, angles and shots and 
terminology. But yeah, so I went into England and I got like my English credit I needed or something and like this uh, independent study thing could go towards the other thing. And then I came and my, I could, you know, they were like, well, you don't need surgery. You're lucky. I said, well, what's the difference between sitting on my ass here and me sitting on my ass on an airplane? Like nothing. I'm like, okay, cool. Can I go? And they're like, yeah. So I went to (laughs) England and studied, I think three weeks in London, three weeks in Oxford. And now it sucks again because I'm like, that's an experience I would do totally different now. Right. Like I don't even remember it. And I was, well, I was on drugs because of the back, but <laughs> I don't even remember like why was I, I was constantly tired because we were, we would uh, see shows every, like all the shows in town, which I would knew amazing. I was going to learn from. Um, but we weren't taking acting classes because it was an English program and I was not an English honor student, but, and then we would have to write our papers for the next morning after the play and plays get out at like what ten thirty what something like that, and then the professor would pick random people to read their papers. Again, I was not an honor student, so I soon learned that the best way for me to get at least a B or B plus, I think was like the highest. This guy was hard on me. Was basically write a funny paper and sort of perform it. <laughs> um, Amazing and. And so I had to stay up all night where other kids were like just knocking it out and it took me forever. Really? Forever. Yeah. And I have a learning disability as well. So it was just like, it was hard, but I was always tired because I was also on drugs and like, so everyone was like doing all these things and, you know, and my back hurt, whatever. Anyway, so I came home after that um, and what happened? Because I walked with all my, you know, but then I just took extra classes. Um, got sent my diploma. Yay. And then, um, do you still have your diploma somewhere? It's in my, it's in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house. It doesn't look like my childhood bedroom. They put up like kind of a shrine and it's really weird. It's not a shrine, but it's definitely pictures of me from things I've acted in that I did not give them. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. There you go. And my diploma and like play flyers from college and stuff. So then I was like, okay, am I going to New York or LA? What am I doing? And then, um, I had had that manager that I had signed, met and signed with. I think the contract was written in blue ink. Uh, I'm not kidding. And she had signed me for like 15 years. I think I'm still, I don't know if I'm out of it yet. Well, I'm not still with her, but I think I owe her if I get a check over a certain amount of money on stuff that I, it's crazy. And stuff that I got when I was with her, but I don't get those checks. They're not that big anymore. I just signed. No one knows what they're doing when they're signing the first contract. Oh yeah. I mean, my parents looked at it, but I'm sure they didn't look at it enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they should have been like, can you, type this up in black ink and not on Microsoft Word. Um, She was great. She helped me a lot. Um, uh, She's still in North Carolina. But, you know, I owe a lot to Yvette. What up, Yvette? (laughs) And and then I was like, okay, New York, LA. And I wasn't happy with, like, she wasn't doing enough. Like, she wasn't helping me go to where I was. I was like, that's it. I'm I'm driving down there for a meeting. And I drove back to North Carolina because I'm from D.C., Potomac, Maryland. Uh, I went out of state to Carolina. So I drove and I was like, what's our game plan? Like, where, what are we doing? And then while I was there, there was a movie shooting in Wilmington, which is two and a half hours away. She ended up knowing someone who was a producer on it, but she hadn't talked to him in years. So he wouldn't let her have anyone get in for the audition. Took her like all day of nonstop conversations on the phone for him to even agree to audition me. And then by the time we got the sides, I had to read the script, learn the sides, uh, make a headshot because I didn't have one and um, we had these pictures that one of my dad's friend took that we had to like edit and um, my brother studying computer graphic design at college so he did that yes and, it's like a family affair. oh it was a family fair and then I had to then wake up early in the morning drive 
from there, like without my stuff to um, Wilmington audition. And I was so nervous because I'd never done it that she had told me, uh, Juliet, Juliet, who? Uh, Julia Roberts used to have earphones in and she used to listen to music and like not talk to anyone. I don't know if this is true. I'd love okay. to work with her one day to ask her. So I did that. And so I wouldn't talk to anyone and I'd just be like bopping and like, like in the waiting room. out in the waiting room. Okay. And then I went in and I did it. I drove all the way back to Chapel Hill. <laughs> then I had to stay to, to wait till we heard something because I didn't want to drive four and a half hours back to DC. So then I guess an, a day later we found out they wanted me to audition for another part. So I had to go Did you back. Drive back. I drove back. Oh, doesn't this make self-taping sound like a dream? Yes, but I, I still have problems with that. So I, <laughs> I, and then I came. I drove back. Auditioned for that. Then went all the way back to Chapel Hill. Then they were like, "She's getting a part. We just don't know which one." And I was like flipping out. And then I just ended up staying there. Poor Carolyn, Carolyn Gartshore, um, my roommate from college. Uh, I had I like stayed in her apartment because she was a year younger than me. She was a senior and she's living off campus. And I like slept in her bed for like a long time until they were like, okay, it's time to come. And I was in, I was in state hire or local hire. Oh they put me up in a quality and were like, um, there was like pe- people, you know, that were living on the street, like banging on my door in the middle of the night asking oh, for 10 cents. Jesus Christ. And I was st- horrified. I was so, like eight, what was I, 22 years old. And just like, and like this is what movies Yeah. I was, and, but I remember getting that nasty quality and, and jumping on the bed and be like, ah! I'm gonna scream, <laughs> and screaming and jumping up and down the bed because I had done it. I'd, I'm like living the dream. Right out of school. I still try to have that. Um, yeah. Right out of school. But it was a little part mm-hmm. in a movie that no one saw. Uh, but my scenes were mostly all with uh, Ben Stiller. And amazing. yeah, it was a Ben Stiller, Anna Kendrick, and Jason Schwartzman movie called The Mark Pease Experience. Mark is spelled with a C, and Pease is P E A S E. I think I just saw it on Hulu, but I haven't watched it. No and it's way. like little chubby cheeked me because I had just gotten back from England and I had a broken back <laughs> and I was drinking pints and eating fish and chips and it was definitely like way too much. So. Um, little chubby cheek me and that movie I was like the stage manager to the to Ben Stiller's like he's the director of the musical and the school's putting on the whiz and it's like a white school in oh, Ohio <laughs> and I'm the stage manager anyway so I did that movie and then because of that they kind of use that as leverage like for a week of meetings out here and thank goodness i had been in that accident because I used that money unfortunately uh, it's really hard to do that money yes, right yes, yes. so I had to use that money to like get not only me, but also that manager. I don't know if this is how you're supposed to do it, but she came with us. And, you know, now there's so many different ways to do it. But I was staying in a hotel, but through like a big discount of someone that she knew. Although probably now there's, you know, there, if you have a friend, if you have Airbnb, you could do it cheaper. Right. Um, but then we stayed there for like two weeks taking meetings and it was like, you know, uh, agents and casting directors and networks. I met with, saw those two guys again from the network. And I said, again, I said I was moving here. And then it kind of like, I ended up getting my first job, which was like a SAG short that David Katzenberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg's son was directing. Um, and it was like me, uh, Chris Mitzplass, who's McLovin, ended up being McLovin. It hadn't come out yet. And Andy Milanakis were in. Oh and, God, and then this other girl, um, Carl, is it Carl, Carlson Young? She's really good too. Um, so you were auditioning then? Well, Where yeah, I mean, I had a meeting. It was a general. Okay. And then she goes, actually, can you come read for this? And then it was a little cool. tiny thing. I ended up getting it. And then I had to like go. Oh, and then I ended up meeting with seven different agencies because one meeting, they would all like be like, yeah, you have to meet this person. You have to meet this person. And then one of them was Gersh. And then he, my agent, who is still my agent today, and his assistant, 
is now one of the other agent that I have. Um, And yeah, I've been with them. I'm super loyal, maybe to a fall. I've been with them for a long time and they, you know, it's been great. That's my dream. Yeah. A long time. I bet most people have, maybe it's wrong of me, but I think we're doing okay. okay. You know, but there's always those doubts. Should I be somewhere further? You know, and it's, they do an amazing job and I love my agents, Alex and Steve. And, um, what was your opinion of when you came out here and you, you well, just then you, well, I didn't even move. So I then, I then ended up, he started sending me to other off offices and being like kind of checking on me. He even wrote mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman an email being like, what do you think? And he sent me to Allison Jones, who's one of the hardest like comedy people, you know, she knows her stuff, yeah, her, her resume is insane. And she was like, yeah, she's great. Like, you know, they were, he was kind of spying on me, seeing how I would do in a room and testing me. And thank goodness I passed. And then the, I had my choice, I guess, of a, a few agencies. I picked them. And then I went home and, like, didn't move ever. Like, my, like I shipped my car but because I needed a car here. Uh-huh. But I just kind of, like, left my stuff at a friend's place and then, like, in my one suitcase and then brought the suitcase back filled it up and brought another one and then like moved into my friend's place while he was out of town for a bit okay. and then signed a lease like two months later, a month later. My my original thoughts of LA were like, it's magical. It's the place where, you know, I always thought I'd be. It's where stars are made and, <laughs> and um, you know. You had a great first impression of LA to come out here and have meetings yeah, and like have, yeah. you already had footage yeah I didn't well, know anyone I, I think I knew one yet, person but. as I mean I hung out with Andy Malinakis a lot he was like my first friend here and then someone so from college funny. was here doing an intern summer internship um but it's kind of nice to come out here with almost a blank slate because then yeah you can be yourself growing up yeah you know and I I didn't I loved it in the beginning then I didn't because I didn't have my people yet Mm-hmm. and I was working and then I had to get, you know, the writer strike happened yes. at, and the last one. And oh, wow. yeah. I needed a job because I ran out of money. And I was like, I thought I was like, you know, everyone thinks they're going to book something immediately. And I've seen people do it. <laughs> Those dicks. Um, <laughs> but I thought I needed a job and my agent was like, you're not leaving. Like you can't leave. And he's like, Oh, you know, he, he kind of knew someone at a bar and set me up a meeting and, she liked me, so I got this job. I, I never love that cocktailed. Your agent helped you get a yeah. side job. Yeah, he was. He really has always believed in me, and it was. It's pretty nice that really. That's what I tell people when you. It doesn't matter if they're CAA or if they're you know Gersh, if they're you know a smaller one. It matters if they believe in you, and if they can get you in a room. Yeah, that's all that matters. A great teacher that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, once was like, I don't care if your agent has a list or talks out of five. It's not if I have a one eye, which I was doing right now. Uh, as long as they believe in you, that's all you need. Mm. And then, so I really do think that though, because if someone believes in you and they're loyal and they can get you in a room, it only, you know, and you keep doing well, then, you know, every audition, especially in the beginning of your career, is, is an excuse to get in a room. You might not book that job, but you're making an impression. There's been, I mean, if I told you guys the amount, I should have brought the stacks of pages that I learned this season, just for pilot season. And it wasn't even my busiest. I used to go on four a day and people don't do that. And I didn't know people didn't do that. So I would do it because 
I thought that if I, if I didn't go, I would lose out on the job. And then they realized that I worked better when I don't think, cause I'm an overthinker of extreme anxiety. And so if they gave me four, I would just go in and do it yep. and like not think about it. You know, it was usually two, but it would sometimes be three or four. And, um, it wasn't this time. The most I did in a day, I think was two or three. But it, but it wasn't that. crazy as far as as many auditions or as yeah. many days. Um, but the stack of that things that are going on in our brain is like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I forget why I was talking about that because there's so much in my brain. <laughs> well, you're a first agent uh, sticking with you for that long and them really believe Oh, yeah, the, and every room. Yeah, so, you know, if I – the statistics of how many I went out – I've been out for, you know – this year versus this pilot season versus 12 years of doing this uh, professionally or 13 maybe um, is insane. The amount of rejection that we see, it's not for everyone, this job. And I, everyone thinks, you know, they see the glamor and there is a lot of glamor, but it takes a lot to even get to that point. Yeah. And even when I've had those moments, then they're gone the next day, <laughs> you know? And like you're, you wake up, you know, maybe with, after partying and, and you're like, you're just t- t- talking to your like people that you're like so enamored by and you want to be their best friends and, oh wait, they didn't give you their number and they're not in your phone and you go back mm. to having to work a second job and, you know, I, I was working at, at this bar that I went to that I worked for a while. Thanks, Kendra Cole, for hiring me. <laughs> um, at the Mondrian. I worked at the Sky Bar oh, on yeah. Sunset. Mm-hmm. And familiar. I got some of my best friends there, which is great. Um, but... Um, I had also had like a problem in my knee and I like could barely walk and I'd come home every day crying and like just a bad so much pain. You have the stairs to oh the my God. And yeah. And it was just, and we were not allowed, like our breaks were only 30 minutes mm-hmm. and over an eight hour shift and, um, or was it nine hours? Long shifts. And we could only like really sit down if we were like talking to a customer and like just being like, so it was really hard. And I, we were cocktailing and bottle service and food. Um, and we had people like being gross to us because, you know, some, with some, we would wear sarongs and like, mm-hmm. um, I didn't like wearing a bikini top, so I would usually not work during the day. Um, yeah. It doesn't sound like a fun shift. The first time no. I went there, I was like, I don't think I can do Yeah. This it was not cool, but I made a lot of money and it, it provided me, um, a means to stay out here. I did work really hard, mm-hmm. but I made a lot and you know, more than you can make at certain jobs and the schedule, <laughs> the schedule is flexible sort of like you had to find people to, you know, take your shifts. Right. So that was always stressful because sometimes you couldn't, but I could audition during the day and then work at night, but not in the beginning because you have to get seniority to work at night. So, but pretty soon after they, like my boss learned, oh, she's working for real. I always say that when I go to job interviews, I'm like, uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm an actual working actor. Yeah. This is going to be. Yeah. She, and she said that, uh, there's been like she said is there one or two people that have come in there and she knew like everyone says they're an actress but she was like oh no Kellen's gonna do it and so I was working there and I'd like towards the end I'd like leave a bunch to go and um, do a job or to um, I don't know and I'd come back and so I'd like moonlight like coming back and be like no I'm still here don't get take away a job she ended up having to make me quit <laughs> because I guess if she fired me she'd have to give me severance or something. I don't know if that I don't think that works like that but um <laughs> She was like, you need to bet on yourself. I was getting recognized for being in the office in the newsroom while I was st- I was still working there. Really? Mm-hmm. How how did that I go? Like, did, how did you go from 
being on a set back to your side job for like these major shows that yeah. are incredible pieces it's a of your big resume. Ego check. It's yeah. a huge ego ego check. And um maybe I've blocked most of it out, but I do remember <laughs> I honestly think my mind but my most uh I remember people being like, you know, from whether it was like, Are you Dwight's girlfriend from the office? And I was like, yeah, um, did you say vodka soda? <laughs> or I remember people being like, you know, you really look like, because they couldn't believe that I would be there right. at all. Well, if someone and uses so, someone on TV, it's probably right. that they have. Yeah, they're doing Aaron in. Sorkin, you know, half of the first <laughs> season. And, and so I'd get, um, you really look like that. I'm like, oh, they're like, you really look like that girl from the newsroom. And I'd pick days where I'd be like, oh, that's so funny. I get that a lot. Or I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's me, huh? Uh-huh. Mojito? You know, um, <laughs> some people would really respect me for it and it would help me with tips. Some people would be like sad for me. I think that um, most people, the, the, hard, the hardest part I found was some people appreciated it was when people thought that because I was working there, I wasn't good or that I wouldn't make it because yes. I was working a job that wasn't just acting. I don't, and, and that they didn't, like I would get into these like things where I felt like I had to prove to them, no, 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 I'm I'm actually an actress. Like I, do you know who Aaron Sorkin is? No, like I'd have to give off a resume and like, and then I found like, why am I trying to prove myself to these people? It doesn't matter. Right. But it was, I still find myself sometimes doing it where I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. Like, oh, an actor in LA, how original. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm really one. That's all I do. Look me up. And <laughs> it's sad because I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't feel the need to do that. I've, it's gone away more, but I definitely was feeling that when I, you know, back then and you kind of have a good day and you have a bad day, you pick your battles, but, um, how did you deal? You said weird. you have a lot of uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? Because that's a lot to be in that space where you're not just getting to act, which is it's not a place I've been able to get to yet. And I'm yeah. s- I'm very mm-hmm. excited. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what that's going to feel like, but I already I know I feel a lot of safety in my daily life because mm-hmm. I don't need acting to pay my bills. Yeah. How did you deal with once you did make the switch <clears throat> uh, away from your day job? How did you have a lot? extra anxiety any pressures on roles um excuse me I you know it's weird I think that unfortunately part of the reason that I can't remember most of that as well is one I blocked it out probably and two because my I love my parents I love my family um shout out Robin and T Michael um (laughs) that's my parents names uh but I definitely wasn't taught how to use money, mm-hmm. like how to budget, how to, um, it is also a major flaw in our education system. Yeah. I, oh, I the think so. We teach people how to do taxes. Was that your post the other day that I saw? Someone's post said instead of taking algebra or whatever in school that we never use after this, um, unless your job goes into it, we, they should teach like banking, like everyday balancing yes. check book, and balancing your budget and doing do all taxes? that. taxes? No one knows what taxes are. No. And you know, it's great for people who end up ha- having the job where they do your taxes because they're going to make a lot of money, but <laughs> right. not for us. So yeah, so I didn't, I don't really know how to do that. So I was always just like living with what I had or, um, which is very not good. I don't recommend it. And I think, and I wouldn't quit, you know, when I, um, I wasn't ever ready to leave my job. I, she was like, you work enough. You're going to work again. You don't need this job. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. And I was really worried and I did it, but I don't remember how I did that. To be honest with you, yeah. I can make something up, but I don't remember. Um, and I'm sure I had anxiety. I'm having anxiety now, which, you know, cause I didn't book a pilot. 
um, and the season's pretty much done, or it is done, and uh, I did just do a job, you know, out of town where I got a good portion of money, but I got paid more than I would be have been a pilot, but mm-hmm. I, I got paid only, let's say, like um, a few episodes of what a season would be for me. Right. And I think that I don't really spend a lot of money. I When I do, it's on stupid crap like food and beverages, you know, <laughs> <Right>. drinks. And, <laughs> um, up to you yeah, like other types. And, you know, that, that's part of, part of my therapy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I go to regular therapy because everyone I should. Ask, I was going to ask, like, do yeah, you go to therapy? I do because, you... I, you know, I've had um, – I'm not – I don't think I'm ashamed to say like I like mental illness, not, not like extreme mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, but like mental things, I should say mental setbacks, mental imbalances. That's what I'm gonna say. Cause they're not, um, but they have run it somewhere in my family. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have a close relative, very someone in my immediate family that has a, um, a mental imbalance. You know, I have a bunch of us actually have a mental imbalance. It's like I've had anxiety. Most people who choose acting. Yeah. And most artistic people. Um, and also, also if you look up, um, a lot of, um, very, I'm not saying we're brilliant, but geniuses like Albert Einstein had ADAD and like Mm -hmm. most people have learning disabilities and, um, a lot of famous artists. And, um, I think that's pretty interesting. If you look it up, the people in history who've had stuff like that, it's, they're all artistic. Um, mostly, uh, Albert Einstein, was he? I don't know. Um, (laughs) but I've had, you know, anxiety and depression and, um, I am completely, you know, I'm in a good place right now, completely regulated. And, but you know, it is people who don't understand that it's a different thing than just getting anxious over something. I thought anxious meant you're nervous all the time Mm -hmm. because I knew someone who had anxiety when I was growing up and I I didn't understand. She didn't look nervous. Um, but what it really is, is like overthinking everything. That is such a better definition of what it is. It's my, my brain moves very fast. Not that other people's don't, but I've been told by like a certain doctor that it works like, I forget the percentage faster than normal persons. I don't know. And, (laughs) um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going, Oh, I'm, I keep moving my shoulder blade because my back muscle hurts. And and I wonder if she notices that while I'm taught, like, and it looks like I have a twitch, but I don't have a twitch. My neck hurts and Oh, I'm sitting too short. Oh, I need to stand up. Like I'm constantly thinking about eight other things while I'm, um, talking it's less now it used to be where I would, you know if you're talking to a boy and you're on a date it'd be like oh he's looking at my lips why is he looking at my lips is it because I need more lipstick on or what if I don't have enough lipstick on oh it's red does he like the color red I wonder if he doesn't like the color red if he doesn't like the color red maybe he's like Woody, Woody Allen because Woody Allen made my friend take a red lipstick off because he didn't like it so she had to come back you like that's how how much it would be and that's not it's it's kind of like I heard one doctor say to a friend of mine who also um has you know suffers from and debilitating anxiety it was like you wouldn't or they had told me Kristen Bell talked about this I think mm-hmm. and I would on a podcast actually and I would like to hear hers you wouldn't deny a person with um, diabetes their insulin so why would you not give someone who has a, a mental imbalance their you know thing to regulate their brain chemicals because yeah. it's pretty much like okay I don't have enough of what serotonin and something blah 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 so I need something that regulates that and then it puts me on a place where I'm like 
It's not that I don't get depressed. It's not that I don't get anxious. It's that it puts it on a level that's where normal people have it Mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, I can't get out of bed because I'd rather be sleeping all day. And that's not because I was sad. It was like I was actually so depressed that like I'd rather be sleeping. I wouldn't like to die. Mm-hmm. I love my life. I'm, I have a horrible fear of death, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, whatever. Yeah, but topic. like I would never do anything to harm myself, but I wouldn't, I'd rather be sleeping than being awake, which was very, you know, it's been tough because you're so, an artist and you go deep places. You go places that are hard for people to just snap out of. Yeah. Um, and you have to learn somewhere in your education. That's why I do think people should study that, should study acting. Because some people, you know, they're able to just snap out of it. You really have to learn how to like leave it at the door sometimes and um, not carry, you know, people play rapists. They play pedophiles. They play um, transgender. They play, you know, handicapped, a lot of things that are hard. You know, you fall in love with people on set. You know, how do you not fall in love with them in real life? Right. I think that's um, why so many actor something relationships so easy. happen like that too. Oh, sure. Because you fall in love to... a little bit of you with everyone you work with. Mm-hmm. But knowing that that's just that and it gets a friendship rather than, oh, this person I'm going to spend my life with. Um, you need to know how to cut it off. So with with having, you know, anxiety and stuff, yeah, I definitely have that, and I definitely like you know probably send a, too many emails to my reps. <laughs> I appreciate them <laughs> dealing with. But you have people, you know, you have to have a team that will talk to you when you're feeling that way, and will say, you know, that's just in your head. You did a great job. We didn't get bad feedback, or like, and if I go, well, is it because I didn't look right in the room, or they, th- you know, saying something about, yeah, I was too overweight or something like that. And then someone being like honest with you and either, and being like, no, I've never heard that about you. You stop worrying about that. I just want you to be healthy. You don't have to like, you know, or, um, you can beat yourself up. I mean, getting told no all the time and that, you know, you can't, it's hard to say, to take it as, it's hard to not take it as you're not pretty enough. Mm-hmm. You're not skinny enough. You're not good enough. You're too tall you're too, you're not, I don't know, just whatever the things that you're not too enough of. Um, it's hard not to take that personally because it is so much, you're not like you learn to scale how to be an accountant and you're just not the person that like you didn't get them as much money they wanted back on their taxes. Right. Like this is you, it's your voice. It's how you emote. It's how you make a joke. It's personal. Which I think is the reason so many actors immediately jump when they're not getting a lot of auditions. And I'm it's something I've you were doing. guilty. Exactly. And we think like, especially in the physical aspect, the easiest thing to do is, oh, I wonder if I should be blonde. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if I should lose 10 more pounds. Yep. I wonder if I should. And it's so easy for us to jump on that train. In dealing with all this, how have you dealt with like your body image and being, you know, because <clears throat> we were talking about this before mm-hmm. we turned on the podcast. Yeah. Like you and I aren't size zero girls. No. And wait, wait, would, I'm not. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. I'm not. Is this another right pocket? Is this um, what? 
I don't even, I, it's, it's not something I could genetically be. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you deal with, because you're gorgeous. Thank you. That's and you're very so nice. tall. So are you. Thank and I, you. and I'm finding it very hard in myself right now to even say thank you because I've, I could not take a compliment for my entire life. I still can't. I'm like, oh, please. I look like Sherry right now. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I still do that because I, part of me believes it and part of me doesn't. I don't mm-hmm. know how you can be. So confident to go in there in a room and put it all on the line and literally just go, here's me, like it or not. But at the same time, be like, what isn't this boy like me? Oh my God, he doesn't <laughs> think I'm pretty enough. And then, and then. Or like to be so confident and so unconfident uncom- inco- mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And I, when I was younger, I was, I was very thin and I didn't even have a chest, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, they grew much later. (laughs) They're, they're all real. What is it? The Seinfeld quote, they're real and they're fabulous or whatever. Um, no, but I, you know, I was a late bloomer and I was a stick and so I did runway model because someone said I could because I'm really tall. I like wanted to be you when I was a teenager. Oh God. I wanted to be someone else. I mean, um, (laughs) it's crazy though. Yeah. I remember being really little and like still not feeling comfortable in a bikini. And I think a a lot of that is society. And I think we've come a long way and it's still bad, but there's a lot more positive imagery for girls out there now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not by any means fixed. Um, but I still have issues with it. I still, you know, I, I can say I didn't get, at least one of the podcasts, podcast, at least, see, there's my ADD. You can always have the podcast. Because um, I'm looking at a wire and I was going, I'm on a podcast in my head, but I was thinking about how I didn't get one or two of the pilots, at least one of the pilots this season because of something I couldn't control, which has to do with my looks. Um, but I was thinking about that cord and I said, I didn't get one of the podcasts. ADD is real. Um, I don't take medicine for that though because mm, I find it made me, slope. well, it makes me, um, it was good for testing but I didn't like what it did to my personality as far as like normal life. It mm-hmm. made me sort of like a zombie. And so uh, I don't like, I don't like it for either. creativity. Yeah. I don't like um, myself on it either. No. And the thing that the stuff that I do take or, that, you know, people have imbalances or whatever, it makes me feel normal. It doesn't make me feel like I don't notice that I'm on anything. That's yes. how you know it's it's good because it's not all of a sudden you're just like, oh, wait, I can get out of bed. You know, like... I kind of hate that uh, certain things like Adderall and stuff had this big um, push toward being like this, something people take to party yeah, and all this stuff. Which I know a lot of people that do. Yeah, I do too. And I, I hate that it's gotten that way too because it's people, need some it. people need it to yeah. feel normal like you're saying. Okay, go back to what you're saying. Okay, so, so the pilots. Um, so, you know, this could all be like telephone, right? When you find out any feedback, it's pretty much a game of telephone. Yeah. Someone can be just saying stuff. But... Um, tested for two things on one of them uh it was supposed to be three girls one girl like her contract didn't the deal didn't close so then she didn't end up testing it was just me and this other girl she was awesome so great it's great when you're uh, when you're doing it with someone else that's um you like because you'll be happy for them as well i think that's a really important thing to have gratitude and be very much like not think of people as your competition but just be like i noticed that i start being better when i go into a room and just talk to people yeah. instead of going in with the headphones on. Now what makes me calm is to talk to people in the room and be like, Oh, we're all people that all want the same thing. And hopefully there's enough for all of us and we'll all get 
the parts we're supposed to get. And like, if I don't get it, I want you to get it because you're going for this too. It doesn't have to be so evil and cutthroat. It's very easy to sit there and start to make up reasons to hate the person and compare yourself to, you to someone else. Talk to. Yeah. yeah. And so I noticed that when I started caring a little less, I do better. Mm-hmm. The one audition I thought I did really bad on this year was something I cared way too much about and mm. really messed up where they didn't say I did, but I know that if I had actually <laughs> done it to my ability, it was the best I could do at the time. But if I had actually been like chilling and like gone in there and just did it and left, um, I would have probably had a very good chance. I think mm. they could probably disagree, but who cares? Um, so one, uh, it was apparently a split room and a test is you kind of, you're going up against the last few people for something. And it's maybe two girls, maybe it's five girls. Um, but you start, you have to go in, you do a work session, which is like with the creatives. And they say, okay, yeah, you know, do it. Okay, yeah, do this, do this. Hit that note better, hit that. That's how you're going to do it in the room. And then you either do a live test or a test on tape. A test on tape would be like, they would tape you doing it just like a regular audition and then they'd show it to the first level would be studio. So let's say, I guess my last series regular, we'll use that as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for Warner Brothers and CBS Mm -hmm. and it was a live test, I believe for both things. So I would go in to just all the heads of casting for Warner Brothers, which is the studio. And you, you walk in like, basically I go in, I do my thing. I leave, I do a scene and they, and then I do the next scene and then I leave. Then the next girl goes in, she does. And then we all wait there until we're dismissed. Then you leave. Then you find out if you went to the next level, which would be network. And then you go back in for all those people and all the heads of the network, which was CBS in this mm. case, and then they pick their person. Sometimes they don't. They release all of you. Sometimes they keep you on hold for it, and they make their decision. So one of them, uh, apparently we split the room. I went to studio. I went to network. Mm. It was a live test. Uh, split the room. Um, they couldn't decide on which one of us. It was just me and one other girl. And then I was told um, that the other girl looked more like the person whose brother we had to play. Yeah. But I also... I also heard that maybe the the head of one network had a really like really believe, wants this one girl like and a lot of stuff and kind of was like well then I went I don't know I don't know if that's true but right. mostly it's good to know that I you know um it wasn't something I could have really done because they said she was fantastic nothing she could have done it just ended up being that choice and then the other one was um it was three of us. And then they kept us off for a week, and then they went back to find other choices of like a different ethnicity. Ugh. And then, and then I was like, "Well, I can't do anything about that." And then all of the girls that were up for it were all different looks. One was blonde and tall. I was me. And then there was like um, a girl who was shorter and more like we all looked a different variation of the best friend. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, it was for this one pilot. I was told I had went in for the best friend. Went, was brought back in for the lead, was told they are either going to test me on the lead or the best friend, but that my manager presumed that I wasn't going to be testing for the lead because the lead had to go to someone, which we call a name, yeah. um, which seemed to be this year a lot of things that I was being told I was really right for or killed or like, you know, gave my A game was um, things that I was not famous enough for. So it was either that or they went with a different age or ethnicity. So, and that's fine. It's just this, this I get it because what it comes down to that people don't understand is that they have to sell these shows and they can't yeah. sell these shows unless they have ad dollars and they can't get ad dollars unless the show will have a lot of viewers and how's the show going to have a lot of viewers? They need it to be a name because that's how you get people to watch the show and then right. you sell your product in commercials. It is not as much artistic as people are thinking. Yeah. So, you know, 
I have lost parts where I was able to test against people that were names and I've lost parts because of maybe I messed up a test and I've lost parts because I was not, you know, they cast a girl for the lead, uh, which I was not, you know, test for. Maybe they just thought I was more of the best friend. Not quite sure. But the lead that they cast was someone who I might not look alike, but be similar type to. Mm-hmm. Whereas a different girl would be a good best friend look for this girl's look. Right, 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 right. Um, it's like a matching. It's a matching thing. And, you know, talking to like the writer after I didn't go, why did I, you know, I just, I said, thank you. Cause I happened to, you don't get to do that. Happen to have their number. And I text and said, you know, I'm so happy for this project. You know, like, thank you so much for going through, you know, like letting me uh, be part of this. Um, I'm really rooting for, you know, just cause I am, you know, that's anytime someone thinks that you're good enough to be considered because a test, what it means basically is the creatives, the producers and the writer and the director, whatever, they bring in a few people, like anyone that they think they would be happy playing that part yeah. and because they might not get their choice because the network might go, I want this person, studio goes, I want, or I want this person. And then the creators want the third one. Right. So it might be like, and then the one person get at the end gets to make the call. Um, so everyone could agree, everyone could disagree, and then you all have you all have your say. And he didn't tell me why, but it was basically like there's so many voices in the room, you know. Mm-hmm. And what the feedback I got from was, um, you know, casting, which they don't always reach out. They reached out to my manager. I was like, we love her. She's fantastic. She couldn't have done a better read. I hope to cast her soon in something. Um, it was just. A, a match, that a different was match. Really cool of them to do. Yeah, and then the writer said, you know, it was different opinions in the room, but you couldn't, you, you did, you couldn't have done anything better. So at least I know I did my job. Um, right, that's all you can do. And you've been right. in the business long enough now that you are probably much better at taking rejection. Mm-hmm. Although you know, the frozen one, even though like <laughs> I think I was up for it, you know, I, I was told I was in the, on the short list. You know, someone could hear this and be like, that is not true. But someone told me that, so I'm going to take it. And um, it made me feel really good to be considered that far and, like, give me hope for the next one. But that was really hard for me because I was then told, you know, it was a it was a role that was it's still um, not known. It was, like, a code name and a code this and a code that. And and I was told just by my agent, he didn't know a lot, but it was a would-be career-changing role. Mm. And that's basically where I'm at right now is I need that one role that puts me in a new place. That is such a crazy place to be because you're, you, it's, and it's been there for many, for year, a few, a few years and but, it's frustrating. And so then when I lost these two, I was not so frustrated with the first one because I wasn't sure if it was the right, I get in this weird, speaking of anxiety, these weird things of, of making the decision to even test because what that means is you have to sign your contract before you've even gotten the role. So you're saying, I will test for this and if I get it, I will do it for maybe six years. You know, if, if this show goes in as a success, which none of them go that long anymore, but hopefully it will. Yeah. And that means I'm saying no to everything else that could be in front of me in pilot season. Maybe something I like more that they really want me for, I have to say no to that right now. See, that is just such a crazy... For something you might not like as much. Right, a place to be in and, so and I you have never know. crazy anxiety. Like I put my team this year on the first one. Excuse me, I took a drink of water. <laughs> um, I put them through a lot of my anxiety, which I would not like. To, I would like to not do because I didn't know if I should even test for it. Even though it was so funny and had a great team, and 
Um, I really loved, you know, because I didn't know if it was the type of show because I'd a lot, done a lot of these types. It's almost like you're speed dating yes. potential jobs. Yeah, and but, but like you had, have to get married. Yeah, but you have to get married. And you've After had so many cool, like being in something from Sorkin right, and then yeah. also being in pilots that like, like the show didn't end yeah. up getting picked up or yeah. it didn't get picked up for its full run. Like I sure. talked to, uh, I interviewed Brian Unger who was in Me, Myself and I. Oh yeah. Um, and he was talking about. He's he my like, grandpa. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> That's funny. He, he talked really candidly about, he was like, he, this was after the show had just started airing ah. and he was like, it was before that it got canceled and yeah. he was like, you know, I can't put too much stake in anything. He was like, I feel, I said, I feel like you won pilot season. And mm. he was like, everything is just one more little, yeah. one pearl on a strand that you hope is a career. Right. Cause I mean, if I counted the amount of tests or the amount of pilots that I've done or I've gotten picked up or not gotten picked or whatever, it's a lot. Like, I, I don't know if this is true. I should look it up, but I, there's some like thing like George Clooney had six, 13 failed pilots before he are. Or Whoa. something. I don't know if I, but everyone says that. So it would be interesting for us to look up and see if it's actually true. Yeah, look at um, yeah, Brian and I like, so that pilot, everyone loved it, even at the network, you know, and it was a great show. And people go, why did it get canceled? But there's a lot more going on than audiences know. It wasn't because it mm-hmm. wasn't good, it didn't get the numbers. Why didn't it get the numbers? My belief and what I was told, which also could be wrong. It's most of this is you're learning is speculation, right? And like telephone, because no one ever tells the actor, right? Um, is it was on at the wrong time. It's a family show that had no curse words, nothing mm-hmm. sexual, nothing like that, and it was on at nine thirty. Yeah, with teenagers that are like eleven to th- fourteen in it. So that's not a great time for that. The p- your audience that's is not crazy. watching at that time, so it really should have been put on at like an eight mm-hmm. or an eight thirty. Problem with that is when it's a Warner Brothers for CBS, CBS doesn't fully own it, mm. so Warner Brothers also owns it. And at those times on their network, they had shows that were fully owned by them, CBS or CBS, which I love CBS. They're one of my favorite networks. Thank you for employing me. But <laughs> at that time, they're not going to move something that they fully own for something that they partially own and give up that spot. Also, they're not going to give up something that's maybe a Chuck Lorre show, which they have a very good working relationship with, right. for something that this is a first-time show, or not first-time show, but one of the first few of this creator you know, on the air, and they love him, but they're not necessarily going to take off a Chuck Lorre show, move that to have us. Right. And see if we work. Which so it's, you know. Bananas. How, there's so much that's out of our control. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> let alone getting an audition, <laughs> then getting a callback, then getting a test, then getting the pilot, then getting it picked up, then getting it to stay on air, then getting another season. I mean, and it's And each of those seasons have like 100 people who are backing them. Yeah. And I know people who, I mean, like you said, I mean... I probably have to go check my bank account after this. Like I've been on all these all these things, but like I said, I need to learn how to budget, and I'm okay right now just doing acting. But you know, I know people who were stars when they were younger, and now don't do anything in the business. Um, What's your in between? How do you so pilot season is like quote unquote over? I don't go out for but one. Oh so. my god, that makes me so mad. It's crazy. I, I mean, just, what about this? I know someone who I won't name, who was on a show with me as a series regular, went out for two pilots. And we have the same agency. See, that's bananas. But I don't think that's because of them. I think that agents pitch you if they're good and they can get you a room. And that might be because people were like, she's not right for it. And because they know her by this point. 
um, cause she's been around a while and she's really good. And I think that maybe they just didn't feel that she fit that character, which I think it's like, if you know someone's good, let them come in. Cause you never know. I have a problem with sometimes when you go in a room and they don't give you notes and they just, and they're like, thank you. And you're like, and I will straight up. And I've done this to one I, I know one time I did it too much because I was in a bad headspace. I'd just gotten a fight with my mom, I think, on the phone. Yeah. And I went in and I knew I shouldn't have gone in. I even told my manager at the time, who's not my manager now, you know, I'm not feeling in the best headspace. My manager now, I know, would go, don't go in. If you're not feeling that you can do your best, do you feel like you can do your best? I would have been like, I don't think so. I could probably pull it out, which I can usually, but I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have taken the gamble and I did and I went in and I was like in a weird energy and it was and then I got you know the one bad feedback I've gotten in 12 or 13 years mm. um and I asked people but I usually can do it in a normal way I said um I'd love to take any any adjustments or um do you have any adjustments I can make or um I do like a hand gesture is there any and it looks like I'm turning a knob turn. <laughs> um and some people will be like, uh, yeah, okay, so do this. Or some people will be like, yes, okay, that was good now. Or some people will be like, no, thank you. And you're like, okay, thanks so much. And I leave. But sometimes those people then say, oh, she wasn't this enough. And you go, well, why didn't you give me a note? I'm an actor. I can only assume that I go in there. If you, do you want people to be the role or do you want someone to act the role? If you want someone to act the role, tell us what you want and then direct – it's called direction. Yes. Direct us to be what you want because – if you're just casting off of who that person is, then just do it from a picture right, or previous you, work. Yeah, let me Offer send you it out. my reel in a picture right. and you can decide if you if want If you it. want someone who's an actor and can change to the role, great. I understand we're all a type, but you're already calling in everyone who you think that's like that type anyway. Yeah. So then let us show you our version if you don't want something to go any questions before you start. Sometimes I will, yeah, and I'll take, get some more information before I make my final choices. Or I'll go, you know, let me, I'm just going to, I was like, no, I think, let me just throw this at you or let throw it around and then I'd be happy if you want to give me anything after that yep. to change around. And the people that I love the most are people that actually treat you like you are an actor and it's a, and it's, you're playing with them. Because then you get to actually play. Which you get to actually like, act. Then you're in the room you can't, doing your job. You can't be right every, assume that you know what they want every time and get it right. That's impossible. We're not mind readers. We're actors. Give us some. Give us an direction. Great. If I've done that before and I've gotten the part, awesome. Yeah. I, I lucked out by having the same choice that that director had. But most of the time, the people, the reason it's a collaborative art is because they see something you don't see. You see something they don't see. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, I've said, uh, I'd be happy to take any adjustments, and they go, um, okay. And I've like, it's almost like I've convinced them. Then they do it, and they go. Yeah, that was exactly right. And then I'm like, well, I never would have gotten there. I don't say this, but I never would have gotten there if they didn't do that. Right. Um, and I know I've booked a job like that. I can't remember what it was, but I remember I booked a job because someone like got like let me convince them to give me a note or something. It was a long <laughs> time ago. Um, yeah, but that's it's it's a it's hard every step to even get in the room to, you know, dealing with the, the rejection after like, you know, having the days. I usually now will have less days of feeling sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I might have, it used to be like for a while and now it will be, I mean, maybe the second pilot, I was pretty bummed for a day. Okay. Granted, my bum looked a lot different. I wasn't crying in bed and like being like, I'm never going to make it. But was <laughs> I, I was out with my friends and I did stuff that day, but I was like, yeah, 
uh, I was pretty sure I was like, I'm quitting. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. And that's also crazy for my friends who have not had the upper, you know, had gotten the jobs I've gotten to hear. And I have to constantly remind them and it sucks. It's good for the friends who get it that go, I get it. We're at different levels right now. Mm-hmm. Not that the, I'm, you're better. I'm better. They could be a better actor than me. <laughs> you're right. I'm kidding. <laughs> they could be just as good or whatever, but they're not, uh, they're not there yet. Right. Right. And it's different things happen to different people at different times in their careers. So like I had a friend who wasn't doing, I mean, he was so, he's so talented and he wasn't working forever and he was just constantly doing improv and improv and improv. And then finally he got this part and that's all he needed. And now he's a regular on another show. Amazing. And I'm like, wow, you fucking put in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, it never happens. How do you handle talking, your friends who are on like uh, a different level than you, especially ones who have, have barely worked, right. for example. Right. Um, is there a certain way that you talk to these friends differently? You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it sounds like well, you don't, don't want to go. Like, yeah, you don't want to keep complaining to those people who, you know, I have, I have one friend who would be like, I would just love to get an audition. But then also that's not a person you want to talk to because that's some bad energy. they're giving bad energy. And, and so I kind of like, I talked to that person and I was like, I want you to know this has nothing, like I just can only speak for where I'm at. And where I'm at is a level and I want to go to this level. And I get that you're at that level and you went to that level. And I will help you in any way I can to be a positive influence and to help you talk about your stuff. Um, and if, if the person, I understand if people can't talk about it. I, I don't go around talking to all my friends. Most people are like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I was just in Bulgaria doing it. And they're like, what? Because I wasn't telling everyone. And they're like, you were away. And I'm like, yeah, because it, I don't have to rub my stuff in people's faces constantly. Yeah. Um, well, what's what's the balance for you then between being confident in what you're doing and you, like you have having to a talk, social media presence and like all well, that? I have, I have problems. But, I have so many problems with that. That's I nothing. Know. But I mean, as far as, but <laughs> before we go to that, as far as talking to people, Know who you can talk to. It's good to have people that are on the in a similar place. Mm-hmm. It's also good to when you talk to like you don't want to keep making someone feel bad. Yeah. You also don't you want to like lift your friends up. You don't want to be around people that make you feel bad for being successful. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of just find the right people that you talk to and that you're both make each other feel good. And when I was out that day, like I was around a mix of both, but the people that were on different levels, just like I totally get it. You know. Because I would say it's one thing about not getting the opportunities and not being, but it's another thing to get the opportunities and still be falling short. It's all, it's, you know, and then they were like, oh, yeah. So it's, they got it that I was kind of getting there, but then not getting the part constantly uh, for a bit, like always the, the, you know, the the other girl. And then they're at the place where they're just not getting the audition. So in some ways, I'd rather be there because when you do get the auditions, you still have a better, ch- like you have a, it's so hopeful, right? Like you're, yeah. so... I had this day of like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep going for going for this. If I if I could read the future and find out that I never get there, I don't know that I'd be doing this. But then you know I'm like, okay, I probably will because I love it so much. When I do get to do it, I don't want to quit. However, this whole thing has made me go. I have to start creating my own opportunities because I've been on shows like mini project stuff where people have made their own opportunities and. There's no reason I shouldn't be doing that except for the fact that I'm not a self-starter. So I'm like, okay, I need to get with a writing partner who believes in me and I believe in them and see if that helps. You know, I have to start trying other things. Um, 
So I'm not quitting as of yet because I don't <laughs> want to. I want to keep doing this, but there's a lot more that I want to do and that I thought I'd be doing by now. So if it hasn't been given to me, okay, find a different way to get there. But as the next thing you were saying was, what was that? Well, it just feels sometimes uh, when you do have some success, it feels like there is this uh, push to let everyone know. And I, Oh, social media. Social media and stuff like that. Like I, I work with a career coach and he has us like sending these emails and stuff like that. And sometimes it feels mm. like very gross, but then also sometimes no one would know that I was the EMT in that episode of that show if I didn't tell them right. to watch it. So, right. Um, I don't know. You know, like I have a weird bias and maybe I need to get over it. I actually just did like a social media, like a kind of like a test sort of. For myself mainly. And that was uh, that was an interesting thing because I noticed that I have friends who are on social media who have done way less work than I have, um, yet they are super hot mm-hmm. and every photo is themselves being hot and they have maybe close to a million followers now. Wow. Um, and then I've been working... Uh, both credible and just vi- uh, visible jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love the difference uh, between the two. I just came up with that right now. Um, for 13 years or whatever whatever it is, since 2007. What is it? I don't know. 12? I don't know. 12 years? Yeah. Something like that. Or no, but uh, 13 years because I was the movie before I got here. So, yeah. and have far less. Granted, I do have a check mark. I've, which I've had since like many pilots ago because I could, I somehow got everyone check marks. I don't know. I was, it was so a cool. thing and I was like, where's publicity? You, you should probably verify because we're like on the show. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. And then um, I also, you know, I have thousands and, and, and stuff, but it's not nearly where I should be for someone who has done them as much work as I've done. Mm-hmm. So I decided to put up a picture. I think I put a picture of like something really regular, which I do a lot. Uh-huh. And it was either like oh, me and a friend or me and a family. Oh, wow. Well, no, no, trying to be a real person. I put a regular photo up. And <laughs> That's I, what I mean. And, and then, and, oh, yeah. And then I saw like I got a few hundred or something, which is more than a lot of people get. But, you know, for someone with a lot of followers, it's not. Uh-huh. And then I put up a picture next, a picture of me on the beach. Granted, I had no makeup on, so it was natural. But you could see a little cleave. Okay? And I have no problem. I like, my, I like parts of my body better uh-huh. than others. I have, you know... Anyway, we all have issues. Um, but like we talked about the body thing, like I have, I have definitely, I love my body, but at the same time, I, we can go to that after. Anyway, mm-hmm. but with the, that picture, it was in hundreds and hundreds within a few, few under an hour. And it's, you know, over a few thousand now. Wow. Not that that's any bit, uh, it's not as good as my friend who has like, you know, tens of thousands on one picture, but it shows what people wanted to see. And it's like, okay, so do I succumb to that and just put pictures of me and famous people and pictures of me being sexy Mm -hmm. and you know, all that, or do I be me? You know, do I want fans who don't really love me for me or do I care? And I just need to help my career because it matters these days. It's a real question. Yeah. And I have, I have not been able to come to terms with it yet of being able to do the thing where I completely sell out. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with 
influencers, but I have friends that are influencers. Right, me so too. I don't problem with them. <laughs> I, have, I have friends that have you know made their careers on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, but it happens to be that the ones I have friends that are on YouTube have actually you know had put out books mm-hmm. and have little have podcasts and have TV shows and things that they have made, but they have found a platform which was YouTube, but not you know. I really respect people who have been able to make it a business. Yeah. But I don't feel right doing it myself. For something in me makes it feel disingenuous. You don't want to sell me a FabFitFun box? I would love to because I love FabFitFun and I just canceled my FabFitFun box. Did you really? Yeah. Here's the thing though. I will get a free thing. Listen, I will get a free thing all day long. If someone wants to send me free shit, if anyone's listening, I will put up a post. If I like it, if I like it, I will post it and be like, this is great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll find a way to do it. If I can find a way to do something funny, if I can go, yeah, they gave this to me for free, but I'm all up in this box. Uh And then I don't know. Put a picture of, well, I don't know. find your in. Right, okay. but, but not because basically with all those cute pictures, I have to just self-deprecate. Right. Or I have to be like, I wish this rain would stop because I'm dreaming about this bikini. No, I'm, I've never <laughs> owned a bikini. I'm dr- one piece fun piece. I do use that a lot. Like uh-huh. I, um, the free stuff doesn't bother me. It's more like when someone has made a living off of just being popular because what if you're just taking pictures? What? Yeah. So are you a model? Are you? Well, it's like what value are you providing? And that's they're great. I would love to take them on as my marketer. I mean, I'm sure if I gave my my Instagram over to someone, they could do it and do it well. And maybe maybe there's a line where they could do it not gross. I don't know. Yeah. But part of me is like, do I keep it real? Or do I have the real one and then I have this one that's all about work? Because now with work, you have to tweet. You have to post. You have to. It's crazy. I just got crazy. my first job and they're like, okay, so you guys are going to tweet when this comes out. And I right. was like, I haven't used Twitter in I haven't used Twitter um, in a while. I'm down, I'm down on Twitter. Years. I don't know what's going on with that because of I Instagram. Know. It's just like all President Trump on Twitter. I don't know what else to. Well, there's a lot. And I know a lot of people <laughs> still use it, but I haven't been. And maybe that's bad because it is a good place for one-liners. But... Um, <laughs> So it's like you're still finding it. It's funny because I haven't used Twitter, so those numbers haven't gone up. Yeah. Um, It's funny. It's really funny, actually. But they used to be in the same amount as the stuff that I used. Um, Snapchat's gone, really, for me. me Um, I I use, I haven't deleted it, but I don't use it. Vine is gone. I never, I made one good Vine, I think, (laughs) Um, which I just found the other day. I think I posted it in a story. But no, I mean, Instagram has put, I used to hate how they put everything on. I'm like, oh, you're copying Snapchat. You're da, da, da. But it's so smart. They put everything in one place. It's genius. It, it's so genius. Every and time- I used to hate the stories. I'm like, oh, f- I have to watch this. I have to watch everyone. <laughs> and then now it's genius. I know. If, well, I mean, do you remember when, I remember when original Facebook started and you opened your page and it was like your mailbox and then like your list of friends, but there yeah. was no news feed. Yeah. The news feed started, I was like, this is garbage. I and now I don't, I don't know really even use like Facebook. That. Facebook, I said Facebook. Facebook is like where my friends, my, my parents' friends are. Yeah, I don't really use parents. Facebook anymore. My dad, oh God, dad. He, I've told him. Facebook. Oh, he is too much on that Facebook. <laughs> Mom loves it. Too much. And gets super, super political Uh-oh. and super like opinionated. And I'm like, dad, it doesn't help. Like just, it doesn't help. And because he will get in fights with people. He has to learn how to like get out of that troll, <laughs> troll ship. Um, okay, so we are... 
Oh, we're we need we need to wrap up. We've been talking Crap. for almost an hour and a half. See, I'm really fast. Should we talk about the body image thing real quick? Yeah. So we sort of talked about it. That yeah. will never be. I feel like you really are really small, though. Um, see, but the that's first person in Hollywood. But also, about. that shouldn't be a thing you have to be, right? Like, why do we assume that right. that's the good thing? Well, I'm also excited because I'm getting a little older. Yes. So it doesn't matter as much as when I was 23. Yeah, true. Which is exciting. How long have you been here? Uh, eight years. Okay. So I um, am curvy and I used to not think that I was, but apparently I am. And I still have problems with my brain. I was maybe told the other day that I was not, I'm thinner now than I was in the movie I just made, which meant someone was saying you were big in the movie you just made. And I've just seen it and I am. I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. this is, so it's all relative, right? Like I have friends who are, are, really plus size and a gorgeous, gorgeous and and one of them works a crazy ton and she's gifted and she loves her body and herself and she gets more men than I do um, <laughs> because she's confident and loves herself and people love her too and she's beautiful and then there's like me where I feel super sexy in a one piece but in a two piece I don't mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous because uh, compared to some other bodies they'd be wanting to have mine, but I want, it's always like that level thing, right? So it's, it has a little bit to do with also that, you know, when I was younger and I was just so naturally thin and I was, a, or I did runway modeling, um, which is weird to think that I did that. Um, <laughs> also that I was a cheerleader. Uh, but I don't want to be really thin. I would just like to be very toned and I, but I did just see this movie and I do have a thing like I get a genetic I have a genetic double chin like you can't see it like this uh-uh. if if the camera goes right underneath my chin I know that is a bad angle for me it's kind of so a this movie that's coming out angle in general I oh it's terrible on anyone <laughs> but I tell you on me it's like I've gained 20 pounds so mm. I just did this movie where most of the shots you know I had to like actually ask the DP if you, you know I had to because I was told on a very credible job hey just so you know like by the DB, it's like when you want always someone to lift the camera, it's okay to ask them, you know, oh. which I think there's a way to do it and a way not to do of it. Of course. Um, cause I haven't <laughs> been able, sticks I haven't <laughs> been able to ask everyone cause I'm also tall. Uh-huh. So when I'm in scenes with people that are short, there's ways to do that. I have very flexible hips. I can sink into them. I also can open my stance like Alison Janney, who's over six, I guess six feet once I was on one thing with her, she wouldn't remember, but she told me on the West wing, she would um, sit with her legs or stand with her legs wide open Oh wow! instead of making people stand in a box. Cause you can never see if they're doing like a, you know, a mid or a close up. Um, so I definitely hate the way I look in this one movie. Also the hair and makeup, like there was times where I look, I was, I was not sleeping. I was working six days a week, 17 hours a day. And, and then, I was like, not here. You were traveling. not here. And it was really bad circumstances. And so I look like I've never had sleep. I, there's scenes where I'm not supposed to be wearing makeup, so I'm jogging and I look like I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. Like I've looked at things. Usually I have to watch things twice. I have to look at things and like I'm hard on myself and it's, yes. I see all the things that I don't want to see. And then I go back and actually watch the performance and I'm like, wow, I'm actually, I, I, I respect. Now I go back and I'm like, what the hell was I doing? I'm so <laughs> young and inexperienced. But um, this is something that I'm going to be very nervous for people to even see because I think I look that bad and that overweight whatever whatever I'm um for my side for my height I am I think what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. or in that in that frame line I could be um 
many pounds. I could be like I think like twenty to thirty smaller than what I am would be the that would be the the large. littlest I can go. Okay, um, and be healthy. I love food, so I'll never not eat. I need to have an, I need to have a healthy lifestyle of eating the good foods and working out. Um, but I hate a lot of that. Um, and, <laughs> but I, I don't weigh myself. I think it's detrimental because obviously muscle also weighs more than fat. Um, I wearing the same size I was wearing, like it's hard because I go in and I'm like to my ma- manager and I said, listen, if I was 10, 15 pounds lighter, do you think I would have gotten that part? You think I could have been the lead girl? Cause I know that I've been told I'm an in-betweener on age. Cause when I act, I'm apparently more mature than in my real life. <laughs> so <laughs> I come off when I act older than I am. Uh-huh. Um, if they don't put makeup on me, I look way younger. Cause when I don't have makeup, I, I have, you see all my freckles and I look whatever. Um, but so I'm in betweener on age a little bit, and I think I might be an in betweener on if I was more thin, I would be more just the leading lady. And right now I could be leading, or I could be uh, curvy, but maybe I would be leading on the things I want to be on. I don't know. It's yeah. Um, it's a weird place. I'm definitely not seen as plus size, and I'm not seen as. But in the modeling world, I might be. I'm not okay. sure. Um, so that's crazy. And in the Hollywood world, I'm probably seen as. I don't know because I've never – they don't give me notes that everyone, anyone's ever said anything about my weight. It's amazing. Um, but I feel like maybe I don't get stuff because of it. It's, yeah, I think it's I would that – not that maybe I don't get stuff because of it, but I think I would be opening up a whole nother yourself. bracket of yes. parts if I was in a healthier uh, – more toned body mm-hmm. for myself. I think I would get – open a window of different types of parts. But is it like something you want to necessarily have to maintain? Exactly. I That's don't know. That's kind of I, the question I struggle with because I could be thinner, but I would be fucking miserable yeah. if I've done it. Yeah. I don't know how some people do it. Um, it seems like it would be miserable. Maybe some people are just naturally like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they really have to work that hard. And maybe I, I don't know, do I not? And then I want, I'm like, do I not want enough? If I want enough, I should be doing two a days. Right. And I should be eating, you know, this much brown rice and salmon and vegetables for every meal. And then and that's like a whole a shake. Of worms, though, right. Put yourself on that. I know. It's like the maintaining the. I know. So I am going to try to do it a healthy way for this mm-hmm. press that I have coming up and for a trip I have coming up. Um, but I'm not going to be weighing, like pressuring myself to, I have to lose two pounds a week or I have to, you're only healthily supposed to lose one to two pounds a week. Yes. Um, but I know that like Beyonce for dream girls was like losing 20 pounds in a month. That's that's a different, I mean, when you have the money, people have to remember when you have the money to do the diet and exercise, I have a personal trainer and someone bringing you your meals and people would, I'm sure people would think because I've been (laughs) on stuff that I have that money. I don't, Right. (laughs) you you know, we give out 10% to our agents, 10% to our, uh, managers managers, and 5% to your lawyer. Then there's your business manager. I mean. Yeah, and then SAG bill. Oh my God, my SAG bill was high on one year, and I was like, "Oh, um, yes." Yeah, so you, we pay out a lot, and then you know our taxes. They think you know you always make that much money, so you're in that tax bracket, even though you're not necessarily going to have that mm-hmm. next year. So it's interesting. So I mean, I think that what's important is. If everyone could just get to a place of like, you feel good about your body, that's going to be confident and that's going to be more attractive when acting than it is for you to be skinny. Yeah. Because my confidence has brought in way more people than when I was like perfect or not perfect, but skinnier me and less confident me 
probably booked less jobs. Confident skinny me, maybe that's one thing. But even my skinny is going to be someone else's curvy. Yes. Well, there's never, like, you just never know what I think that confidence is the best thing and, and being, and faking it till you make it. Like, I have to fake it all the time. And, because I feel really low sometimes. But, you know, being confident in your own body is, I think, what people should go to first. So that's what I'm going to go to. Not to where I feel skinny for the job, but I'm going to go to where I feel good for me in a bathing suit. Yeah. Because um, there's jobs that I want that I know that if I want them, I have to be physically ready to get that job at any time. Yes. And I've never done that. So I want to see what happens when I do that. So it's a, it's a slippery slope. But I'm cool. still in that process. It's cool to know from my perspective that someone who has worked as much as you is still kind of figuring it out at the end of the day. Yeah. It's easy to look at your resume and be like, And oh, no one's shit. ever talked about my weight, which I really hate that someone, because you're smaller than me. And you've said people have done that to you, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's shitty people that are, t- are you're working with or shitty right. people, shitty jobs. I don't um, know. For a while, I was like, oh, this is just the thing it is. Um, but yeah, because it it's, I don't believe that. I don't understand why that's happening. So we'll talk about that off camera, <laughs> who those people are. Um, okay, super last thing. Yeah. If you can make it like 30 seconds. Okay. What do you wish you knew when you first came out here? Wow. <laughs> that's so hard. That's a really hard question. I wish I knew that, okay, I'm just going to go with the first thing that comes to because it's probably not the best answer or the right that's answer. Okay. There's no but right answer. Since we're, I wish I knew that, I, I think I did know this, confidence is so, is the key. I mean, confidence is beautiful. When I'm confident, because well, when I don't care about the thing as much, I, it brings off an air of confidence and that gets me the job. When I'm confident about my body, I feel better in my own skin. Um, I mean, I think I was doing that, but I've lost it along the way. Um, I still have confidence, but... You lose that. I think that if anyone, no matter what you look like, had that. I don't know if that's what I think I, you sh- I wish I'd known coming out here, but I think that if someone doesn't know that, know that because that will help you. Yeah, a little less pressure at the office. Yeah, and I'll have to think about that question more so I can give you a proper answer next time. I can add it to the end. <laughs> thank you so much. You're this welcome. Awesome. This was like so much more information oh, good. than I planned. I'm, oh, good. I'm, thank you. This, I'm so I glad won't I stop talking for hours. I'll I'm be sitting so here in three hours for everybody, so... <laughs> You want to come bring me juice? I'm just kidding. Um, where do you want people to check out your stuff for your social media? Or um, any projects? You oh, my social media where I sometimes post those pictures and sometimes <laughs> don't uh, is at Kellen Coleman, K-E-L-E-N, one L, and then Coleman like the sleeping bags. Uh, <laughs> Kellen Coleman. And then, yeah, that's all social media. And then I have a movie coming out, Lifetime movie uh, called Very Valentine. Yay. Yay, your last name. Uh, I am Valentine. It's not a holiday movie. It's <laughs> not a murder movie. It's a Lifetime and Sony movie, romance, um, I guess a romantic comedy coming out beginning of june Yay. right after wedding season so check it that out. might be when this is like coming out that'd be perfect so so check out very valentine on lifetime i'm gonna i'm gonna put it at the same time with lots of great people <laughs> there's a lot of really good actors in it too that's awesome yeah thank you so much thank you for having me bye everybody guys i'll talk to you in just a bit and that brings us to the end of today's episode kellen thank you for opening up for being very real, for making me laugh, and for teaching me a thing or two. I really, really appreciate all your insight in this episode and your time. I know it took forever to schedule, so it was so awesome to finally have you on the podcast. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. You're the best. Make sure you're following at One Broke Actress, at Sam Valentine. Make sure you're subscribed to the One Broke Actress newsletter so you get updates on the podcast. We're not sending them every week. We're not going to overwhelm your inbox. Um, But there's just some goodies going on there. And you're going to want to be in that list. So... Uh, That is available at OneBrokeActress.com along with all of the show notes and links mentioned in this episode. All right, guys, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for your beautiful theme song. Thank you, Laurel Canyon Creative, for help with production of this podcast. And I will talk to you next week. (laughs) 